We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh! All right, guys, welcome into another Buzz Beat post-game edition, Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls. I know this is not going to be a very lighthearted episode after the Hornets dropped their ninth loss of the season, losing 123-110. to If you do want to listen to a lighthearted episode, we did uh, put out a episode earlier this week as we brought on my wife, Brian, and I put her through some trivia, Charlotte Bobcats, Charlotte Hornets. NBA rules trivia and we had 10 questions for her and she got six out of 10 right which I was impressed with probably more than she thought she was going to get so if you have not listened to that episode uh, and you want to sit back and just relax and not have to worry about a 123-110 loss definitely give that one a listen Uh, I know this one's not going to be as upbeat as that one but I do want to talk about several things with this game and then at the end of this podcast you guys are going to get a the full post-game interview with Gordon Hayward after after this loss here so just to kind of recap the leaders for the points rebounds and assist Hayward led the way with 34 points he had 17 points in the third quarter which was in a very aggressive type of play from him and it kept the Hornets in this game you had Biombo with 10 rebounds. He was really working the glass, brought the energy in the second half. He was working it on both the offensive side and the de- defensive side and, and trying to keep the Hornets in this game on the glass. And then you had Graham and Rozier, who both had six assists apiece. So, you know, going into this game, it was a very weird situation for Charlotte to be in, having that Wednesday game postponed against the Washington Wizards. So they were coming into this game almost almost a week off from playing a meaningful game here. And I know that the players aren't going to use that as an excuse, but you would think that that would have to factor into just the continuity and and playing with each other in a competitive level and not just in practice. You know, you could have the best of practices, but taking six days off from games should have an effect. And I think it did tonight. And then factor in the, the fact that 
Cody Zeller, he's coming back, and this is his first game since the opening night against the Cavs. I thought maybe he would get the start. Uh, there was conversations about him not even having a minutes restriction. He only played 11 minutes tonight, so it felt like a minutes restriction. I think working him back in the flow, creating that that synergy with with the players, it just hasn't happened this year because he's only played one game. So combine that with the 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 crazy rest that they had, it only made sense that this team turned the ball over at a high high rate. It allowed the the, the Chicago Bulls to get out and run and and get to the basket and score easy baskets um, in transition. And that seemed like it was an issue all night. Anytime that the Hornets did make a run, it felt like Chicago had several turnovers off live ball turnovers and got those points right back. Hornets did have a 17-11 lead in the first quarter at one point, and then the Bulls basically took over from there and, and never looked back. I want to stick with the low points real quick and get that out of the way. We'll stick with the turnover conversation here. Like I said, the Hornets had a total of 20 turnovers, okay, leading to 24 points for the Chicago Bulls. And one player who had the most on this team was LaMelo Ball with five. He actually only played 17 minutes in this game. And two of them, or less than two of them, came in the second half. He didn't play at all in the fourth quarter and very, very little in the third quarter. His passes just seemed off tonight. You know, he's a very talented player, a very gifted passer. He can see things that others just don't. But I do think it was warranted that James Borrego pulled him in the third quarter because it just didn't feel like he was clicking with the rest of the offense. I think getting in tune with Cody Zeller on one of the passes, Cody wasn't even looking for it. But I think he was he was stumbling out of a pick and roll, so his head wasn't even turned. So you you could attribute that to to Cody, but a lot of his passes and just a lot of passes in general from this Hornets team were behind teammates' heads, and they stayed within the floor of, of the play, and it led to easy open runouts for the Bulls. And every time Charlotte got the deficit within eight or so, and it felt like they were making some kind of run they would end up turning the ball over twice in three possessions and it would just kill any moment. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Charlotte shot the ball. 
49% from the field. Uh, but one thing that I do want to note, made a season low, seven three-pointers on 32 attempts. It didn't feel like Charlotte could get things going from behind the arc. Devontae Graham really was the only one that did anything of note shooting the ball from deep. He was four of 10, but most of his work came in the first half. He only had two points in the second half. Um, I, I don't know if it was something that Chicago did or or what, but it, it does feel good that that Devontae Graham uh, was starting to make some shots on all levels of the court. And uh, I know that's only going to help his confidence moving forward, but in the grand scheme of things, obviously is if you're not winning a game, I don't think Devontae Graham cares that he went four of 10 from behind the arc. So I guess one other thing to note, it's noteworthy on the negative side was the rebounding as well. Uh, this seems to be a common trend with the the Hornets team here. If they're turning the ball over, if they're allowing offensive rebounds from the opponent, it's not going to look pretty for this team. And, and that does happen when you tend to play small and you, and you tend to run a lot of zone. Charlotte opened up the game in zone. So, Borrego does like what the zone is giving him at times, uh, but you're susceptible to opponents getting those offensive rebounds. And it felt like the offensive rebounds, it wasn't just the number of the offensive rebounds that the that the Bulls had, but it also felt like the, the timing in which they occurred. You know, momentum was starting to slowly shift to Charlotte and Chicago would miss a shot or two and they would just keep getting those offensive rebounds and getting those second chance points. So the timing of those were not very favorable for the Hornets. And the last little thing that I've got to point out is the bench points. Chicago outscored Charlotte's bench 46 to 20. And a part of that was LaMelo Ball uh, not playing a ton of minutes. So you had Miles Bridges playing 19 minutes, scoring only two points. Cody Zeller, five points. Caleb Martin, six points. And like I said, LaMelo Ball also did did punch in seven, but when you turn the corner and look at the page for for the Chicago Bulls on the bench, you had Thaddeus Young scoring 18, Garrett Temple out of nowhere scored 15, Otto Porter Jr. with 13, as well as Denzel Valentine, who had a deep, deep three, had eight points for the Chicago Bulls. So uh, the Chicago's offense, we knew this coming into the game, were firing on all cylinders on the offensive side of the court. They had, again, 123 points in this game. So when you're not playing that best of defense and you're allowing teams to get into the paint, you're turning the ball over, you're just putting yourself behind the eight ball, especially against a team that is so high-powered on the offensive side and you have a borderline all-star or may, maybe an all-star this year in Zach Levine who came out in his 36 minutes of play, scored 25 points, had nine assists and six rebounds as well. So it just didn't look good for the Hornets early on and uh, they could never get into the flow of things. And that deficit, even when it got small, they either had turnovers or the Bulls had offensive rebounds to flip the game back in their direction. Now, if you want to go to the positive side, there's there's some highlights that we can point to. Like I mentioned, Gordon Hayward earlier in this pod uh, had a very strong third quarter, had 34 points in total. Half of those, 17 of those, came in the third quarter. And Hayward actually has had 17-plus points in a quarter, in a single quarter, five times previously to tonight's game. So that third quarter for him was something that was needed, that kept the team close. Obviously, it did not result in a win, but... He's a player. This is exactly why you brought him in. When things are slowing down, when things 
aren't going well on the offensive side. Devontae Graham, like I mentioned, had a very strong first half, but in the second half, it was a much different story. He came out more aggressive, Hayward that is, and you put the ball in his hands and he can go get you a bucket. He can go get to the free throw line. He put on his full arsenal in that third quarter, backing opponents down, fading away, hitting that mid-range shot. And I think without him, this game would have been over uh, midway through the third. I know that the Hornets lost this game and have lost four straight, but that's just another highlight of, of a player that you need on this team because you look up and down the roster, I'm not sure there's a player uh, that even comes close to Hayward when it just comes to the ability to go get you a bucket. And then the last player that I've got to point to is P.J. Washington, uh, 7 of 14 from the field, 16 points, four rebounds, two assists. It felt like a quiet 16 points for P.J. Washington uh, because it felt like it was all spread out. But you're seeing part of his game develop in that like short mid-range area, anywhere from like five to nine feet where he's backing opponents down. He's hitting floaters. He's hitting little push hook shots. That was working for him tonight. I don't have the numbers in front of me on terms of how well he did in the mid-range, but if you were to point to one area of the court in which he did perform, that was it. There was even one play in the second quarter uh, where Rozier noticed the mismatch in the post where PJ uh, was guarded by Kobe White, I believe, and entry pass into PJ. He went to work. He scored over his right shoulder, I believe. You know, took advantage of that mismatch. So it felt like he was more aggressive when he got closer to the rim. But as a collective unit, um, you know, even though that they scored 110 points, it just felt very sporadic in terms of the spurts and where it came from. Like I mentioned, PJ Washington, it felt like it was a quiet, quiet game for him because his points were all spread out throughout the quarters. Devontae Graham had a very strong first half, but uh, was absent in the second. And then Gordon Hayward, while he did score 34 points, it felt like it was mostly in the second half there. Again, it wasn't a, it wasn't a collective unit scoring with this offense. Um, and I think part of the reason was that the turnovers were, were killing this team. And LaMelo Ball is such a talented player. And when he's not hitting on all cylinders, and he's not playing that much because he can't get into the flow. Uh, this offense is definitely hampered uh, by that. And then the last thing that I would like to mention before we transition over to the post-game interview with Gordon Hayward is Miles Bridges. Only two points this game, but there are things that are showing up in his game that are developmental pieces that you just wouldn't see in previous seasons. And the one thing that I've been beating the drum on for since since game one of this season has been his facilitating. Now, if you look at the box score, he didn't have a single assist. Okay, But again, if you're just looking at that, you're not getting the whole picture. He had several passes that were just fitting it into tight spaces. He had a couple possessions within minutes of each other in the third quarter where Bridges just had this awesome pass in transition. He caught the ball midair and made a bounce pass to Zeller. Zeller didn't make the shot, so obviously it was not an assist like I mentioned before, but he did go to the line. And then also, it ended up being a turnover for the Hornets, probably attributed to Zeller. Miles Bridges was coming off the right wing of the court, 
dribbling the ball in all in one motion. He fits a bounce pass between two Chicago Bulls. Zeller hesitates for a little, bobbles the basketball, and it goes out of bounds. So again, it's not showing up in the box score because they don't end an assist, but that's a developmental piece that you have seen from Miles Bridges this season, and that's only going to bump up his offensive game in terms of how he can be used within this offense. All right, so just overall, uh, this game was very disappointing uh, to watch. Hornets, again, fall 123-110 to 110 to the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls were also 6-8 and eight entering the game, so they jump ahead of the Hornets in the standings. The next game for the Hornets will be Sunday night against the Orlando Magic, and Hornets are hoping to break that four-game losing streak. They won four in a row, then they lost four in a row, so maybe they can start another four-game win streak. To end this episode, I know it was a, a quick post-game recap pod. Not much to note from this game. Obviously, after a loss, it's not as uplifting, but to end this pod, I'm going to give you guys the post-game interview with Gordon Hayward. Uh, listen to what he had to say in terms of the turnovers and that layoff as well as his third quarter. JB just mentioned that, um, you know, he doesn't want to be kind of everybody kind of waiting on you to kind of just obviously go out there and rescue the team. Just what about that? And how do you um, help spur the guys to make sure not relying on you to go out there and score every game per se? Um, I mean, you know, I think we have to try to stick to what we've been doing, which is ball movement. Um, I think tonight it's, something where the turnovers just really crushed us there in the first half for sure. Um, you know, I had four of them and they're just like, it's like they weren't really pressuring us. It's like, they just made us indecisive. And I think we just, um, didn't attack like we've been attacking. Um, you know, I think that's something that allowed them to kind of transition and we didn't get our defensive defensive scheme set and now they're attacking us and it seemed like they converted almost every time honestly in that regard so i mean we got to be better taking care of the ball um i mean that's for sure so nick gordon i, I know nobody wants to make excuses but five days off in the middle of january is a pretty long time in the nba did, did that maybe have something to do with the turnovers and the kind of the jittery play i guess especially at the beginning yeah, I mean, this certainly is, is was a weird uh, time that we had here with the game being postponed. I think it's probably the longest time I've ever had in my career where you don't have a game in the middle of the season and it's not the all-star break. We, we had great practices, uh, a lot of time to practice, good practice days. I felt like we were ready. Like I said, I mean, I think it was just they were first off, you got to credit them, um, but they were doing some things that were making us indecisive, especially speaking, speaking personally here, just I got to attack and um, they did a good job of stunting and kind of covering things up. But, um, you know, we, we just got to be better. I think that that really hurt us. Richie. Hey, Gordon, uh, you came out much more aggressive in the second half tonight. Was that an effort on JB's part to kind of run more offense through you? Or did you take that upon yourself to do that because you felt like you needed to? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, he ran some really good stuff up for me. My teammates got me to the rim downhill um, with screens and, and plays that we ran. So credit to both of them for that. But certainly felt like uh, you know I needed to try to get myself going there in the second half. Christos? Hello, Gordon. I would like to ask you, what was the biggest lesson from uh, tonight's game and how big is the motivation for you to bounce back? I'm sorry, what was the first part of that question? Uh, 
what was the biggest lesson from tonight's game? Yeah. Yeah, I think taking care of the basketball is a huge lesson for us. Um, you know, we we can't set our defense and we're not giving ourselves a chance to guard when we're turning it over, especially live ball turnovers. We had way too many of those that led to dunks, led to open threes, led to just matchup problems for us. Um, so, I mean, it was a 20, 20 turnovers for 26 points. I mean, that's huge. So I think that's a that's that's the lesson for tonight. Richard. Uh, Gordon, uh, Richard Walker, CarolinaSportsHub.com. Your assessment of Cody coming back after a month away? Yeah, it's, it's, it was great to have Cody back out there on the court. Um, <clears throat> still trying to build some chemistry with with Cody. Uh, we didn't have hardly any time in training camp, and then he gets injured in the very first game. So I'm, you know, excited that he's back. He adds a lot for us out there um, just with his experience you know, being able to play through him a little bit. Um, so it was good to see him out there. I thought he played well. We'll wrap it up with Nicole. Hi, Gordon from Puerto Rico. After this first month of competition, how you feel leading this young team and what is your balance as the, at this point? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think we've dropped some games that we'd like to have back. Um, I felt like we've, you know, played well in spurts but certainly a lot of room for growth for us as a team, you know, disappointing kind of the string of losses that we're on right now. So we got to try to bounce back. we got to find a way to, to get back into the winning column and uh, we'll look at the film and, and try to get better. This is, it's going to be a long season and certainly with, with how young we are, there's going to be ups and downs and we got to just continually try to get better collectively, try to get better individually um, you know, stay together, stick, stick to the course, stick to the, the game plans and, um, you know, the results will take care of themselves. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.